This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Went to Mode Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC Women's team. Now, Chelsea gained a valuable London geography lesson this weekend as they travelled to East London to take on North London's Tottenham Hotspur. A shock, Jess Carter gave Chelsea the lead before former Blues Drew Spence and Bethany England combined to level the score. A moment of pure magic for Lauren James and a sublime finish from Guru Wrighton had Chelsea FC in cruise control. Uh, but for the second week running, that Chelsea decided that winning with ease was no fun and allowed Spurs to pull one back to make it 3 2 in the final 10 minutes of the game. Thankfully, Chelsea held on and saw two of their title rivals drop points just to make that win over Spurs just a little bit sweeter. However, the title of tonight's show can only be dedicated to one player, and that is Went to Mo Kingsman at episode 99. Lauren James is magic. Uh, now, remember, you can listen live every Tuesday. Uh, at 8pm or 8.15pm or 8.20pm as the time is now uh, by heading to Mixler.com that's M-I-X-L-R.com and searching Went to Mo Kings Meadow uh, where you can join in the show by posting on the live chat page as Ben and Buffer have already good evening uh, as we go along you can join in what we're talking about tell us we're talking rubbish or say what a great point we've made uh, whatever you fancy. Uh, on the show tonight we'll be reviewing all the action from the 3-2 win over Tottenham in part 1 and in part 2 we're going to get a look ahead to that Conti Cup semi-final West Ham this coming Thursday. Uh, now, thankfully, it's not just me. I am joined by my co-host, uh, Mr. Dane Whittle. Dane, how are you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, good. Good to see you too. Yeah, a bit of um, trouble in the Whittle household, isn't there, this week? Because uh, Mr. Whittle Jr. has gone 2-0 up on you on Chelsea women games. I'm not too new. I've been to cup finals, just not the uh, league games. Yeah, yeah. This is this is clearly something that you like to uh, <laughs> stab me with every week, and uh, 
And it's a hard run. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to show my face. People could be screaming, saying, "You know what? How how easy is it not to go?" But as we proved last week, when we spoke to Clayton, he lives uh, what five ten minutes down the road. I'm like more over an hour. And and as I can say to him, I'm blue in the face. Pardon the pun. That uh, it's hard when you're dedicated to the men's to uh, do women's on Sundays as well. The one day off of the week. Yeah, you are. You are a bit of a journey, but not as much of a journey as our special guest this evening. Who... Can I just add before you introduce him? No, I'd like to think. No, but no, I no. give a different view because I can watch it on TV and give what you what the commentators say and uh, and the television camera view. You give it. You give the more uh, obviously being there view. So. What Farrah yeah. Williams said. Then you just copy that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, before I was rudely interrupted, um, our next guest is also one new up on Dane. Uh, all the way from Colorado, but over in London for a couple of weeks. Uh, Mr. Jay Warminson. Jay, how are you doing? Good to see you. Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoying the UK? Uh, always. I wish I could stay. Don't tell uh, Don't tell anybody if I don't fly back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think um, Border Force will bang through the door. Um, I'm sure you'll get away with it. Special relationship and all. Um, now, Jay, um, you've been on, obviously, the show a couple of times. Um People might know you from the We Ain't Got No History podcast, um, but tell us about sort of being in England. So obviously you've been to both Stamford Bridge and the women's games so far in the trip, haven't you? Yeah, and sadly, the former We Ain't Got No podcast, now that uh, SB Nation got rid of pretty much all of their podcasts across the platform here in the last few weeks. So a little bit of a free agent there, so to speak. But I, yeah, it's been a great trip. Um, gotten to come over. Uh, we, we stayed in down in South Kensington got here and saw the men play against Fulham and then also got a chance to go out and see, of course, the women play against Spurs and we'll be also out at the semi um, at West Ham here in a couple of days. What's, what was the difference like for you in those schools? The games are quite close together Friday night and then Sunday afternoon. What was your main differences in, in both, uh, both occasions? Well, I, th- I think the biggest one was that uh, both my wife, who's traveled with me, and I um, came away from the match, um, the women's match, and said, man, if we, if we had to choose one or the other, we're choosing going to the women's matches every time. I mean, the men's <laughs> matches are, are, are so much fun. They really are. Uh, it's a totally different atmosphere. And, and that um, Stanford Bridge is really, really special. But but um, for me, getting to go and see the women play um, in a little bit more intimate stadiums and just the um, connection to it all feels so much closer. I think in some ways, even following Chelsea men from afar, um, being at Stanford Bridge is very, very special, but it feels a lot like what I expect in massive, massive sports franchises, like somewhat what I can follow um, abroad. The the going to the women's matches is is so unique, and I think even within the fan base, I mean, I, I think about even to some degree how much fracture there is inside of. Can you when you have a global fan base like the men? Do you even is it even? It's it's hard to have even a conversation that anybody can have and move an inch forward. And man, to see the uh, the the camaraderie within all of the traveling Chelsea fans and how much even to the players, how clearly um, it means to them to have that connection to the fans. I just find it a much more compelling and uh, intimate environment to be able to follow the team. So your advice to Dane would be give up with the men's team. Well, mm-hmm. maybe I, I might selfishly also, you know, if he wants to give it up, I'd also probably raise my hand to say, give it up to me. So I won't quite go that far <laughs> because I, you know, 
I, I still, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm not still searching for Southampton tickets for the next Stanford bridge match while I'm here, but I, uh, I, yes, it's, it, they're so, so uniquely different. Um, and maybe it's just that I had had a chance more often to see the men play, but having gone to the two within three days, um, it really, really stood out to me just how much more, almost a personal part that I felt to the action than I did, um, watching the men, uh, at the bridge. How do you uh, find following over in Colorado then Jake? So what's that at the moment? Seven hours behind, uh, exactly, and that must be quite strong. Do you follow any uh, teams across the pond? You know, in via uh, NWSL or MLS, or at least go and watch any. Yeah, uh, my my American friends may not be happy to hear. I I I don't watch any MLS. There's a Colorado team I could have season tickets to a couple hours away. Um, they've won the MLS before. I don't think Rapids. I could tell you one player. Rapids, yeah, I'm not sure I could tell you a player. Um, I, I've had a very difficult time getting really into the MLS, the NWSL. Yes. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy it. I'm dying for Colorado to get an expansion team. Unfortunately for me, there's really not a team close. I think maybe the Kansas city current would be the closest, but my team sort of adopted is this is angel city uh, football club who started in Los Angeles just last year. Um, that would, I, I'm pretty sure I could become a Colorado fan if there ever was, but, um, the new expansion coming up for the NWSL is not coming to Colorado anytime soon. Um, for Chelsea, uh, men goes just back to literally Didier Drogba. You can thank him for my fandom when I was a young guy. But one of the things I find there too, is, is the access to the men's is, is, has been so traditionally good. Um, I actually, you know, like a, there's no blackouts whatsoever. So I actually get to see more matches even than you all do, at least from a television standpoint for Chelsea. Um, and in the last couple of years, it's been that way for the Chelsea women as well, where I can find all of their matches without too much trouble, which has made the access and coverage so much easier. Mm. I was over in uh, Anaheim in August. So I went to the bank of California stadium and saw uh, Angel City FC against Chicago Red Stars. It was a, very enjoyable, not the twenty-eight pound uh, dollar, sorry, twenty-eight dollar pints of Heineken, but yeah, it was good expense. Seen Orlando Pride play a few times when we've been in Orlando as well, and yeah, I, I like the uh, NWSL. I think it's a good league, and they actually made good signing last two days, haven't they? Hannah Glass has gone over there, so that's a, that's a big, big signing for the league, I think. Yeah, I was really hoping she'd be playing for Chelsea a couple of years ago, or I'd, heck, I'd take her now for sure. But she was a player just a season or two ago that we talked about a lot on my mm. podcast about hoping that Chelsea could sign somebody with a profile like hers. And yeah, uh, Kansas city current, man, they've been doing a lot here to, to go back and try to try to get back to the top of the league. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Dean before, and you're someone you'd like to see. Yeah. Apparently she was close a couple of years ago. Um, but there you go. Never happened. Um, Jay, your last thing talking about sort of the game um, is the, is the cool selfie you posted uh on twitter what was that moment like yeah that and, and that i think speaks right to it right so for me to be able to go to that match and and it was a little bit funny because i i bought tickets through chelsea um obviously through our club but the only way that they would give me access to the tickets was to send them by post and which <laughs> didn't really work for me because i was over here and by the they're probably still not even to colorado yet so then I went and bought a second round of tickets uh, through Spurs just so that I could get in the stadium. I did not realize getting there that once I was in the Spurs side, I wouldn't be able to work my way over to the Chelsea end and sit in the Chelsea section. So 
as I, the match ended, I kind of snuck over there and I was just absolutely blown away to see, you know, Lauren James, see Magda Erickson, um, see Emma Hayes hanging around to go and take so many pictures, sign autographs. And, and again, to see this real appreciation for the band. And I got to take a selfie uh, with, with Magda. And then as we were, as we were leaving, I, I got to have a nice conversation with Nigel James and thank him for bringing both Lauren and Reese James our <laughs> way. Uh, and he was, again, he was so gracious. He thanked me for being there, uh, said, you know, I'll see you at the, see you at the match against West Ham. And then on the way out also, we ran into Pernilla Harder and I uh, got to take a picture with her as well. And that was just, that was, that all speaks to what I was saying before of just feeling like, um, I, I, let's just say that was a, like the most adrenaline I've had since I was like 15 years old to be watching these players from across the world and to be able to be standing there and them acknowledging you and making time for you. Um, it, it, it just was, yeah, it was really special. It's similar in, in NWSL though, isn't it? You know, it must be a, something about a women's football because you know when we watch Orlando Pride they, they do a similar thing at the end of the game they sort of come round and we met Sydney LaRue and you know Alex Morgan and 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 then obviously in 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 Angel CFC we we met Ali Riley you know they all they all like take turns all come round so they, it's really like a togetherness like a family feel and it's nice to see that uh, obviously we do it over here as well yeah. And, and, you know, I won't jump too far off the train of thought, but I, it reminded me a little bit. I grew up in Colorado. I went to university at Texas A&M uh, and it's a school that has a very, very large alumni and a big fan base, lots of sports. And they're kind of teased a lot for almost being like a little bit of a cult because there's all it, they you know call themselves a family and all these things. But it had some similarity to me in the remembrance of when I moved from a small town far away, a 16 hour drive for university. And yet it was in this huge family of sports fans that really, really did feel like that because the effort that was put in both from the player side, from the from the student side to make that community, there were real things that you could see. Um, and then again, not not to compare it even to say, like, I, I guess to compare it to the men's side of things. Chelsea's also the most unique fan base I'm part of on the men's side because it's 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 so global. I mean, hugely, hugely global. And so trying to even have a conversation with people um, is a challenge because there's so many different viewpoints. Um, and, and that's great. But I think just when, when a community gets smaller, there feels like a lot more camaraderie to me. And I felt that and saw that um, very much so, I think, in women's football right now. That's that's one of the biggest strengths going. Now, is your wife enjoying the trip? Is she a big foot, soccer football fan? She, she is. I, I think at some point in our relationship, it was either she was going to cut ties or fully dive <laughs> into being a Chelsea fan, right? Because that's kind of, I, I'm I'm a little obsessive and the people in my life kind of either get away from my life or, or jump in. So no, she is. And she has, um, she likewise had such a really great time um, at the women's match. And she left saying, you know, like, can if we have to only pick one while we're still here, let's go back and see them again. <laughs> Very smart, then. Um, we do need Nigel James to come on the podcast in the summer, so if you could pass on some contact details, maybe, uh, on Thursday. I'll make sure and mention it. You set bet. The, set the meeting up. Uh, Tony on Mixer says hello to you, Jay, and that they love the Blues over in Colorado. Tony's um, my man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining, Tony. Yeah. Um, we're going to go for a short break now, and then we're going to come back and actually talk about the match um, as while we're here. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Wounds team is available on full on our Patreon page. 
Uh, subscription costs you five pounds a month. In return, you get access to interviews with Tony Farmer, the man who created the team, uh, George Magalas, who managed the team from 2002 to 2005, and Matt Beard, the now Liverpool manager who was the Chelsea manager before Emma Hayes. Uh, it also helps support the show and allows us to do fun stuff like live shows on a Tuesday evening, even though we are late. Um, if you head to www.patreon.com forward slash went smoke King's Meadow, you can sign up there. Uh, and we will be right back. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to episode 99 of Went to King's Meadow. Uh, let's get into the action then from this past Sunday, the 5th of February at the Breast Group Stadium in Leighton Orient. Uh, Chelsea lined up for this one in a, uh, and I've written insert formation here, because that's something we're going to talk about, uh, with Saturimovic in goal. Uh, a back four of Neve Charles, Kadisha Buchanan, Millie Bright and Jess Carter. Sophie Ingle uh, anchored the midfield with Lauren James, Jesse Fleming, Aaron Cuthbert and Guru Wright and supporting Sam Kerr. In attack, uh, Chelsea used all five available subs, bringing on Eve Perise and Frank Kirby for Neve Charles and Jesse Fleming in the 60th minute. Yelena Kankovic and Melanie Leopold came on for Aaron Copper and Sam Kerr in the 74th minute. And Johanna Ritten-Cameridge replaced Guru Ratten in the 80th minute. Uh, that left Anne Katchenberger, Marin Mielda and Altu Abdelina as unused substitutes. And then stats-wise, Chelsea had 59% possession, uh, nine shots, five on target, six corners and nine fouls, two Tottenham's 41% possession. Six shots, two on target, four corners, and 13 fouls. Um, Dana's, we spoke last week quite a lot about Sachira Musovic. Um, she's in the news now because she signs a new contract until 2025. Um, what did you make of, of her being picked again? Um, that's not me put a touch on with Clayton last week and, and the news that she's staying for another two years. Yeah, not surprised that she, she's been picked again. It's almost. Though you are waiting, as we've as you said last week, and have we seen in the past, you're, you're waiting to be surprised again, and and for AKB to come in, uh, 
you know, I think you know, obviously Clayton picked out some of some of her. He thinks negatives last uh, last week. I think there's a valid point there. But the more she plays, the more confident she's gets. You know, you've highlighted many times how good she is with the ball at her feet. Uh, the command of the area, I think, needs to be needs to be better. If she wants my humble opinion, probably not. Uh, it was a surprise she actually signed a new contract. What with uh, Nikki Everard coming in, AKB obviously still there. That is potentially three really good goalkeepers, uh, and there will be a fight on their hands. Uh, all under six foot, I believe, which is which is uh, I've sort of found out recently, which is funny and. I'm sure Nikki Nikki's not coming over uh, to, uh, to to sit on the bench. You know, no way Musovic would have signed a new contract to sit on the bench. Great age, 26, and, and Nikki Everett is only 27. So they, you know, we know how 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 far goalies can go on in into their uh, 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, even early 40s. Uh, some of them hit their prime in their mid 30s. It's uh, surprised she signed a new contract, but I'm not disappointed. You know, there's, there's you get a feeling around her. Albeit what we see on social media, but you know she looks like she she's a, she's a teammate. She she's a fat. She's a likable teammate, uh, a likable person, and everyone's pleased with her. You know when she's there and then she's in in and out of the side. Yeah, I mean, obviously as a as a show, we've had a great relationship with with Sachira on social media at least. Um, so I'm happy that she's she's staying at Chelsea. Um, I thought the game against Arsenal we spoke about last week. She really. She did, did really well in coming in from the cold, so to speak. And like you said, Dan, she needs that run of games in there to build that confidence up. Uh, having said that, she didn't cover herself in glory for the second goal. Uh, but Jay, what was the difference for you watching her maybe in the flesh rather than on TV? Anything you noticed or picked up? And what's your thoughts on her contract situation now? Yeah, well, I find it very, I like Dane said, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise surprise to me, a, a positive surprise, but just knowing uh, kind of where we're going with this roster, a little surprising. I think, I think like also what you said, uh, Dean, that it stands out how confident she is on the ball, how much I, I think that's a real benefit to our team. I just like, we have a few um, selection issues with this team and I don't even know it's a good problems to have, but we have players that I, I, I don't know how happy they're going to be to not be playing regularly. And we have players very capable of playing regularly, but I almost wonder if there's been conversations with her about at least for next year, if there might be other plans for her or if she's at least open to the idea, because I just, I, I think both she and Nikki are going to be expecting to play all those matches. And maybe it's just a matter of whoever wins that competition gets to do that, or we have enough competitions to, to rotate, but it, it's a hard one for me to answer a little bit logistically as much as I am pleased to see that the contract was signed. It's a thankless job though, isn't it? Being a goalie, you know, I feel so sorry for them. As we stated last week, you know, they can make one mistake and we're one nil down yet a striker can miss three, four easy chances, then, then pop up and get a goal in the last minute. And all those chances are sort of to an extent forgotten about, you know, Especially with, as you said about commanding the area, being comfortable on the feet, being comfortable with defenders, that comes with playing games and 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 her obviously her position in that goal and in that box and that penalty area and 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 you know we're only going to see her improve with a run of games. But as Jay said, you know with AKB in the background and and Nicky Everett coming in, you know it's going to be it's going to be a fight and it's going to be very interesting to see who starts next season as number one. But then as we've seen previously with Emma's, Emma's team selections, that doesn't really mean anything. Does it? 
Yeah, it's like such a challenge. Sorry, it's, I think it's such a challenge too. I mean, I think maybe at some point in this podcast we might we might mention the performance of Mackenzie Arnold the other day, and it's so unique to a team like Chelsea that primarily is so dominant on the ball that it's it's a different type of expectation as a keeper too because you don't get to be involved in the match very much at least not from a shot stopping place and then you're called on in huge moments and um you know it's 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 a different kind of ask for a player than when you can almost get into you know I think almost like in the NHL like a hockey stopping goalie sometimes those guys are better the more shots they see because it gets you in a rhythm and I think again for me uh, what's attractive about Lucevic is her ability to be on the ball and that could be such a big part of the build-up play um but but it's a lot to ask to be a shot stopper when you're not seeing very many shots for a lot of minutes at a time and that's obviously what is sort of AKB's biggest strength is her ability to stop shots and obviously they make headlines just as much as goals do you remember that save against uh Man City in the running to the title uh season before last was it I don't know how long ago it was now, but she made that great save from the corner. That's what people remember about goalkeepers. They're not sort of remembering the passes they made in transition to, to attacks that scored goals. But obviously, as, as you both said, it's going to be interesting what happens next year with three, three good goalkeepers uh, going for one spot. Um, and who, who is third choice and who, who's not even on the on the pitch or on the bench? Uh, that's going to be something that Emma has to um, get right, I suppose. Uh, talking off the bench... Um, Jay, uh, Magda Eriksson's still there. A lot of noise about Magda and Panilla and their contract situation, which you know is, is not their fault. I don't think they're leaking information out. Um, what do you make of? Because I think it's because you know we've only got three centre halves now in in Magda, Kadisha, and Millie. That partnership that started all season is Magda, uh, sorry, Millie and Kadisha. So Magda's now back up. Um, no Nick Nan on the bench, so Magda's probably safer for her to be on the bench and come off and come on if she needs to. Uh, but people seem to think that it's because she's not signed the contract that Emma is taking her out of the team. Uh, where would your opinion sit on that? And what do you make of the decision by Emma to do so? Uh, well, my initial opinion would be that I, I don't think that is what Emma's MO has been. She's pretty ruthless. I, I could see her being ruthless at to, to not play her because of that, but, but I think she's a winner at all costs. And you've seen times even, you know, with players like Bethany England leaving where you, you really like the player. Nobody has a problem, but, but she understands the issues of this squad management and the options at her disposal, and she will make ruthless decisions. And so I think at the same time, if she's, if she sees the best way is to win, I cannot see her, in what my mind would be a little bit petty to leave a player out to try to force a hand on a contract situation. Or I think that's got to be because she, she thinks that's the best opportunity to win. I say that simultaneously. It's very strange for me to not see Magda just nailed a nailed in starter every, every week. And so I think there's a little bit more to that conversation that maybe we don't have all the information for, um, but 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 I I find it hard to believe that 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 the primary reason for it is rooted in frustration with lack of an extension. Yeah, I suppose then you can see both sides to, to the argument that if Magda is deciding, you know, now's the time her Chelsea career has come to an end. She wants a new challenge, which you know is fair enough. Emma has to prepare for the future, and the future is going to be Kadisha and Millie 
as the partnership. At the same time, Emma is about the here and now and, and winning now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see, you know, you both made really good points. I don't think, you know, Emma is a winner at all costs. I, I can't see her being petty just for the sake of her own, her own personal opinions or her own personal spite, you know, and, and the point you make about now seeing Magda as a centre-back uh, and she's just putting Buchanan and Bright in first because she feels they're the ones in form, they're the ones who've now down that spot, then that sort of makes sense, you know, if 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 Magdalena and, and Penilla have decided to move on and and, and, and taste fruits, uh, new fruits, then, then, then good luck to them, you know. They, they, that's the stage they are in their career, and that's you, you run your contracts down, and and that's the, the right they have. Uh, I don't have no doubt that if needed, that Emma would put her in. But as Jay said, it, it seems very strange uh, just seeing her sit on the bench. You know, we, we've been so used to seeing her over the years. Obviously, our captain, our leader, and 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 being a part, big part of the spine of our team. And it's uh, it's a strange one, but. You know, we've said before about trying to second guess Emma. You know, we can give our opinions usually way off what what the truth is. But yeah, it's it's a strange one. But like Jay said with Bethany and previous players, you know, uh, who, who are left who, who've been here for, for for a good while and a good chunk of their career. You know, if it's time to go, it's go. But Emma will Emma will call on them if needed. If not, then then it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, Rich makes this point on on Mixler. Jay, and that is that if Pelina was fit, she'd be in the team. So regardless of what she's yeah. in her contract, so it sort of puts that it, that argument to bed, really, doesn't it? If... Yeah, I think from the outside looking in, people might try to say this is like a, a, a combo duo where we're not going to see either one of them much more. It's like, well, that's only because their hand was forced with harder. Absolutely. I mean, especially with some of the options alongside Sam Kerr, lack of options, I should say. I, I think we would see Pernilla all the time. And then I think maybe this conversation would have a little bit of a different tone. Um, but that, that being said, I, I think there is some nuance to this because she does have to simultaneously try to manage this season, win the league, win hopefully a lot more than that, including a champions league. While also I think at, yeah, I think she knows the writings on the wall and I'm sure she knows way better than us, but it, they're, I won't say finality, but there does seem to be a real, real high likelihood that those players won't be here next year. So even from a squad management perspective, you don't want to find yourself completely unprepared for that either. So um, I I also think that maybe ideally for her that Millie Bright and Buchanan would just become, you know, this absolutely, you know, both demand to be in the starting lineup every time become this really, really solid center back pairing. But I think it adds to the, challenge that I that I don't know night match to match that that pairing has been quite as strong together as she'd like to see so you know that adds all to it it's a good point though but Penella would be would be there thereabouts because we've got no other choice and Sam you know there were aspects to the game on Sunday but she was blown out of her tush uh, Emma confirmed afterwards she's had a horrible chesty cough all, all week so so no wonder but with the defense you know you've got Eve Perisay who can play on the left who's who's fairly fresh because she's sort of semi getting rotated with Neve Charles, who's also quite fresh. You know, you might even see Abdelina. Well, I doubt it, but you've got Marin there. We've just got not a lot of choice up front. So that's why Penella would be in there or thereabouts. But there's just a lot more choice in defence, even though we, we, we let go of Anik Nguyen. 
not because Harder's amazing at football then. Oh yeah, obviously that as well. Obviously, obviously that, but so has Magda been for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh I know but, I get your point. Sorry. But Sam is Sam is literally playing you know most minutes now and 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 still performing at a high standard, but it will get to a stage, especially if she starts it in midweek as well. It will get to a stage where she's going to need a rest. I think there's a few players who's needed a rest. I thought Guru had needed a rest in recent weeks, but she seems to have uh, bounced back on Sunday without getting a rest and 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 and, and performed performed exceptionally. I thought. Yeah, uh, one more thing I want to touch on, Dana, on Magda and Panilla really is um, some of the it's mainly abuse that they have been getting online. Who you from? Just I can't. I'm not going to give names. Oh, uh, sorry. So, so you mean like Twitter, like like the men get you like know, the men's, like... and it's creeping into the women's game more and more. Um, you know, I tweeted on the podcast account. You know, the, the criticism of of Magda and the abuses is, is totally wild. And someone replied to, saying that she shouldn't um, disrespect my eyes with her performances. And. What do you make of that coming into the women's game, and especially for someone like Magda, who's given so much to the club over the years she's been here? Me or Jay? Jay? Well, I'll come to you first, Dave. Then we'll go to Jay. Well, we all know that that social media is as is, is almost given a platform for cowards. You know, we know that. You know, we can stereotype the typical accounts. It won't be something as personal as maybe. You know, mine where it's you know it's got a picture and it's got a bit of a profile. Uh, you know, you can you can hide behind certain things, and I don't know if it's frustration or or boredom or or what. But you know, not a lot of these accounts are doing it if they're showing a lot of their of their of their of their own personal self. You know, out there, it's it is poor. It is it's poor that you can you know. People could be listening and thinking, well, you know, sometimes we criticise performances, but, you know, if you put yourself out on a podcast, then you you can't all just be 10 out of 10 and, and, and roses and ice cream. You know, you've got to sort of say it the way you see it sometimes, and we're not saying we can do any better. We're just saying where, where we think some things go wrong or some things go right. But some of the things you see that has crept in, as you said, from the men's game and the men's side, it's it, it, it's disgraceful. And it, it, it my my... my I'm a very visual person, so I can't get into that sort of argument with with an egg or, a, as I said, a, a profile because I need to see who I'm arguing with. So my mute button and, and block button is massively extended over over recent months, and it's sad to see it coming into to to to, to this game as well. But not surprising, you know. I follow, as you know, Dean personally about me. I follow lots of sports, and whether it's you know from from anything, all sports stars get it. Unfortunately. Uh, People have been making. Uh, it's a shame, but people have been making a fairly valid point recently that the, the uh, official accounts might have to stop turning off replies because it's 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 a joke. Uh, it's a shame because, especially in the women's game, as as as, as I was, me and Jay was talking about earlier, you know, you have that connection by going to to the games and, and meeting the players and 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 that you don't get the men's. You know what I mean? You get you can get pictures, you can get autographs, you can have a chat, and that will start being a. Uh, uh, you know, start being pushed out because if people are going to start being like this on social media, it's only a matter of time you start hearing it in the stands. You know, again, one brave person around you know, 15, 20 people wants to shout something stupid or they come onto the field like we saw when Sam Kerr <laughs> took that uh, took that guy out with a barge. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is sad. And, and unfortunately, no matter how much you try and argue about it on Twitter, you might as well bang your head against the wall because you're not going to make much of a difference. They sort of like come out of nowhere, don't they? all come out of the... 
cupboards and creeks and the walls and all the dust and pipe up and you've got nothing on them because you as i said you can't see them you can't even argue back you've got you nothing yeah this is also happening though jay um at at the ground um and this is um from the liverpool game the one that was postponed um so we sort of hung around waiting to find out what was going on uh, and then they cancelled the game and some players come out uh, one of them was Palilla, who obviously was injured, but she she's been out on the pitch at Kings Meadow every game, uh, meeting fans and saying hello. And uh, I just heard someone say, "Oh, Palilla said that uh, she's doing well and the recovery's going well," and someone just said, "Oh, she can fuck off as well," just because there was so much talk about their contracts. And I just find it absolutely mental that, you, especially of all people, Magda, who has been the captain and sort of what Emma says about her and stuff and there is that tribalism in the game that way that you know anyone that seems to be disrespecting the club or criticizing their favorite players will get abused yeah well Dane said it more eloquently than I could but but he's exactly right that what I was trying to describe in what I found so compelling about attending the women's match was the, the human element of seeing an actual human connection on almost a one-to-one level between the fans and the players. And what we're talking about here is, is dehumanizing people because they aren't seen as people. I mean, you see words like assets and corporate entities used about people in the men's game all the time. And maybe I guess when, because of the amount of money involved, um, you know, there becomes a desensitization that I there is a huge connection between the whole wholesome is the wrong word, but sort of the connection between the fans and the players when you can sense that the players genuinely appreciate it and they're not just making a lap around clapping at the fans because technically it's part of the job that there that there's an element. I mean, I, I have so I know a few folks that are that are huge Chelsea women fans that have had years long relationships with some of the players where, where they sort of just developed it from attending matches or sending a nice comment on social media and then became connected and kept in touch. And, and these kind of things where you can have that level of, it'll be gone. And maybe sadly, that is just the end product of where we are heading as part of the growth and more eyeballs and more people on this thing. I mean, we talk about all the time, how excited we are to see all this focus and attention on women's football and all the growth it deserves. But unfortunately with growth comes growth of a lot of people that are, are don't have a lot of um, I, like what Dane said is so true. We have to be honest about the performances in the game. We can't be afraid to be analysts, but, but we have gone way beyond analyzing things to being to dehumanizing people and not seeing them at all. I mean, you mentioned other sports, Dane, but I, you know, I think of the NBA, Kevin Durant, one of the biggest stars on earth has been criticized for letting commentary get to him. And why does he, why has he in the past? Hmm. Because at the end of the day, these are people and seeing stuff over and over and over that has no basis in merit about, Hey, your performance lacked this, or we saw a better performance here, but in things like, yeah, you can fuck off and, and never see you again. regardless of whether you like it or not, that will end the tight connection over time between the fan base at large and the players. And the long, the the quicker we lose that, the sadder I'll be. And again, I I don't know how to stop 
there, there's no way to potentially stop it. But it's really, really sad to me to simultaneously be celebrating these really special parts of following women's football while we're also sort of starting to really snuff those things out. Mm, couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more. Let's go back to actual football then, because um, we could talk about Twitter all day and abuse, but we won't. Um Okay, I'll come back to you because the last sort of thing on the, the team selection I want to discuss is uh, Jesse Fleming being sort of the 10 uh, and not Yelena Kankovic, who perhaps seems a bit more suited to that role. Um, I do prefer Jesse as, a, as an eight, um, but Chelsea did have a, a very high press in the game uh, with Jesse and Aaron combining to do that behind Sam Kerr. Um what do you what do you make of that? Because some people have been critical of Jesse's performances of late, and is she being played out of position? Well, I also like her as an eight. I think she's seen there the most often. I mean, that's where she plays for the national team. I just think it's where her skill set has the most to offer. Certainly, she can score a goal. She's she can be creative. So, it, it, you know, the ten is somewhere she can play. But again, I it's a conversation I have a hard time a little bit having in isolation because I look at the roster, the options we theoretically have for attacking players. There's a lot of them. And yet when you you also look and are seeing players maybe not really played where you'd think they'd be most suited. So, it, you know, uh, I, I want to turn that partly just back on both of you to ask, um, uh, is this obviously Harder's absence is is missed a lot, but I also was... I don't know. I know Fran Kirby just got a call up to the national team, but, but, but there was, I, I, I feel like that's in this conversation as well. I just didn't think maybe Fran looks her, her very most comfortable at the moment. And, and I don't know. Um, I think maybe we'll see Kankovic in the next match perhaps, but it's, it's not so much what I think that, you know, Fleming can't do, but we're playing her sort of out of her best position in part, because I don't think, um, I, I don't know. I just, it was a little surprising for me to, to see her there. Um, and, and I wonder, yeah, maybe how much we will going forward. Yeah. I mean, Dan, we, we see, we've seen Jesse play in that role behind the striker before. Uh, we see her when Chelsea don't have the ball, join up with Sam Kerr and become a second striker and, and press from the front because she's excellent at, at doing that job. But do you think Chelsea lose something? creativity wise and that's why people maybe are picking on her performance a bit and asking why someone like Kankovic who can get on the ball and do magic things in tight areas isn't mm. starting or do you think Emma is focused on the way we play is we press high and, and Jesse's won the best of that in, in the squad if not in, in the WSL and in Europe so she's going to play yeah, I didn't know if it was that initially. I didn't know if it was also to keep an eye on Drew Spencer, like to get a foot on the ball and move it around a bit. And obviously with with, with Drew coming deep and obviously Jesse playing the number 10, as you said, that, that might have been the problem, but they didn't seem to go 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 too close to each other. But, you know, her pressing and, and her energy and her box-to-box uh, running is always a, a massive asset when she plays. But I get, I can, I get the uh, the call for Jankovic at the moment. It's, uh, you know, she's coming, she's impressed. But you know, and you want to see her, especially in the number ten. You know, maybe take a little bit of the weight off 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 of Kerr at the moment, especially as you knew that she had. I mean, obviously knew she had a cold. So yeah, you you, you understand it. You know, if I suppose if you look back at the games when when Elena did start, uh, 
I didn't think she, she, she was too great. Uh, I'm sure she started against Tottenham, didn't she, in the cup? And I thought it was, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't what we'd seen recently, you know. But I'm not saying that's a, that is a massive negative, you know. As I say, you know, you, you try and impress, you get a chance. It doesn't mean that that means you're going to impress again in that chance. It is a hard one, especially in this team. You know, what I mean, with with Jay making a good point about Fran looks a bit out of sorts. Uh, you would think I I, I thought Yang Chankovic, I think is the pr- proper pronunciation, uh, was going to start, and I was surprised when she wasn't. But you know, you have Jesse in that team to do a, to do a job, don't you? And and she does it well. I always want more from Jesse. I don't know if I'm being greedy, and I know you you rate her extremely highly, but I see why she's in that team, and and I'm never disappointed to see her in that team, and I'm never usually disappointed with. Her her displays, even though a massive contradiction, I still want more from her. Yeah, I suppose Jay, it's the difference between you know a position and a, and a role. Um, if you play Kankovic as a ten, and you're asking her to do what you're asking Jesse Fleming to do, she's not going to be able to do it half as well, in my opinion. But if then you're deciding to play football through the middle and you're trying to pass the ball into the front line rather than what we like to do is that long ball over the top that we saw for Guru's goal, the third one, the long ball to Sam, the flick on. You know, you don't need a traditional sort of, as you would think, a number 10 player to, to play that kind of football. So that's probably why it makes sense that Jesse's in the team ahead of someone like Kankovic at the moment. Yeah, I think so. And I, 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 I'm very interested, and I know we'll talk about it, but to see if we what kind of change we make for a team that I expect that we're going to have a little bit of, I won't say trouble, but, but a team that's not real easy to break down here on Thursday night. Yeah, obviously we'll get into that um, in part two. Um, I just lost where I was. Uh, let's talk about the opening goal then. Uh, Cuthbert crossing to the box. Sam Kerr gets up highest, heads on to, to Jess Carter, sort of rebounds it off her head into the net. Um, I think she should get an assist for that. Apparently she don't. Um, <laughs> but Jess gets the goal. Uh, and she looked as surprised as anyone, Dane, to, to be scoring in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Again, another player who I've sort of noticed is 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 open to a massive debate whether she should be in the team, especially playing left back. You know, uh, and I know you wrote a piece about her as well for in your new little gig, just a little couple of paragraphs, and that's interesting to see. You know, uh, same when she was in the team last year, Jess. You know, there was a little bit of criticism. I always thought she actually done well. I thought she does a really good job anywhere across the back four. Now we're seeing now. Now she's playing left back. I think she's a she's a good defender and, and turned into an all round defender. Uh, even if it, people might say it looks a little bit lopsided of her being left, I think she handed herself well. Yeah, yeah. Was a, I think Guru passed it to, to Lauren and, and straight to Aaron, who you know done a quite lovely, fairly deep cross and. Uh, you say Kerr sort of headed it on to Jess. I think Jess still saw it and then she glanced it, you know, into the goalkeeper's left-hand side. I thought it was a well-worked goal with a short corner. But yeah, yeah, good on her. Yeah, could you tell from where he was, Jay, who, who got the touch? It was, it was quite close together, wasn't it? No, I could not tell. And that was one of the things, <laughs> in fact, I, I had to just kind of wait. That It's the unusual thing, as you said, from, well, there will be something definitely I want to ask Dane about from watching on the TV side, but that is one thing that is so different when you're live on a play like that, where you've got multiple players rising. And I was on the very, very far side of the stadium. So it was about the furthest thing away from me. Um, and, and 
I, I couldn't, I mean, I had a pretty good idea just from Jess Carter's uh, reaction alone. I mean, that was, that was pretty good. Some of the, some of the still photos taken following that she was, I think both equally thrilled and surprised maybe, but um, no, that actually was, I was waiting for the announcement inside the stadium to, to have that. Okay. What really annoyed me was when Chelsea put it on Twitter and they wrote uh, Rose highest above everyone and tagged Jess Carter. And then in the video, Sam Kerr jumps high the note like directly in front of her. So that actually got my back up a little bit. I hate things like that. But it didn't annoy me as much as our defending Dane for Tottenham's equaliser, uh, which was shambolic uh, from multiple fronts. Firstly, with Kadichi Buchanan uh, on the ball. Then uh, Aaron Cuppert against Drew Spence was really weak. Mm. Yeah. And then Jess and Millie sort of statuesque as as Bethany thought is this training again where she stood in between the two of them and put the ball into the net. Um start with Buchanan because it, it's um it starts there I think and she has sort of seemed to have got rid of that part of her game that she struggled with at the start of her Chelsea career but snuck back in on that occasion and it was not great was it? No, no, it was unfortunate she is a a Rolls Royce of a defender. She likes to come out of defence really gracefully and really confidently with, with a good touch. And and at one point, you know, although a lot of people's question her defending early on in the season, she was still so confidently coming out and spraying the ball around really nice. Unfortunately, in this moment, she had a poor heavy touch, didn't she? Which um, I think it was Neville, you know, took completely advantage of. Passed it off to Spence. And, you know, we've seen her do that drag over so many times and 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 Aaron just got sucked into sucked into that and forgetting it. And, uh, you know, it's, it was, it's a great, great forward pass to, uh, sorry, a sideway pass to Bethany. All strikers love that. Nice little tap in. But again, we got caught out by by two players there who, who we should know so much about. That's, that's, their, that's their strengths there. And yeah, it was quite poor, but we 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 fell asleep to them both. Yeah, I think Emma said she almost clapped um, <laughs> the goal uh, after the game, probably because well, we won. She wouldn't. It was good, you know. It was um, it's funny because obviously what, what you might not have seen by bit, what you obviously would not have seen about being there. It was a extensive interview with Bethany beforehand, and she was saying she wouldn't celebrate. And it was a bit of a debate between the uh, the commentators and all that. And I remember Alan Shearer saying he'd celebrate every goal and wouldn't be who it's against uh, separately on, on another show. And I always wondered if in the same situation with whether I would have, and I probably would have actually celebrated, even though afterwards I might have felt a bit guilty. But she decided not to. And, it, and I don't think you can criticise either way uh, because she could have easily have said, you know, you lot could have kept him and give me more game time in recent recent seasons there you go uh up yours or, or or she she showed respect because you know she had such a wonderful time and she was well loved by the supporters so I, I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't have criticized though she did celebrate yeah a bit of a kick in the teeth for her not to be picked uh in the latest England squad I suppose uh exactly it. I presume that's it that, that was at the uh I don't think you know we was talking about her leaving wasn't we and there was rumors to Manchester United last season and um, and we all sort of said you know she goes with our blessing and 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 she needs it at a stage of her career and she would walk, walk into most sides and maybe she didn't want to leave London so she was just trying to find that that right move uh and and then she got it with, with that must have been the back of her head you know international football with in in a world cup year and and to not be picked is 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 a bit of a uh bit of a surprise I don't know if it's a Tottenham thing because I know they've been crying out for Ashley Neville to be picked for quite a few years and she doesn't get to seem to get a look in either but it's yeah, maybe it's like that um, 
the video of the guy from uh see from Korea and he shows all the badges and he says all the teams and he gets the Tottenham badge and he's like, Oh, who's that? Or maybe he's yeah, like, Tottenham, yeah, yeah, that, that usually comes out every now and again on Twitter. Yeah, yeah very funny. I think I've got it saved on my phone somewhere. Hotspur. That's that's a Tottenham issue anyway, not for us anymore. Um, Jay, getting back to the goal, I think the bit that really annoys me is Beth stands in between Jess Carter and Minnie Bright. Um, I suppose it's good movement, but it's also bad defending because for me, Jess can see everything. So number one, she should be either telling Minnie to drop back or she should be stepping in and cutting off that, that passing option and they do neither. Obviously, it's hard. Obviously, I wasn't at the game either. Probably the a bit too far away to hear anything. But being at Kings Meadow before, I know Jess is a huge talker in defence, especially when she was in the middle. Do you think maybe where she's moved to the role to the left hand side that it should be now Minnie's job to communicate, or still her, or even Sachira and Goal should be saying, you know, the strikers there drop five yards or, or push in five yards. Yeah, it was very bizarre because not only did they lose her, but they lost her. I, 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 she was all alone too. And again, you're talking about it here, not just the, not just Beth, but with Drew Spence too. It's like if, of any two players in the whole league, you might really, really know what to expect in that situation. And yet, there's clearly, you know, I don't know. I guess suppose if it's a, if it's a little bit of loss in concentration, communication, or just the inability to when the ball is lost in a dangerous area to, to switch on and make that play. But I, I think it's a little concerning at times that, that this team has can, can lose focus or allow things like that um, when otherwise they can be so dominant. I mean, uh, it, you know, in that case, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It was a little bit difficult again from, from seeing it mostly live to, to kind of pinpoint or individualize which one of the three players was the most at fault there, but just the general lack of communication concentration was, was very concerning. Yeah. Obviously we're going to get onto some quotes from Emma after the game that, that come back on this. So we'll, we'll move on. Um, the challenge I got for you now, Jay, given that you was in the stadium, is to do justice to Lauren James's goal that put us two one up. So good yes, luck. Ab- <laughs> ab- well, thank you, and I will say this: it was one of the most incredible goals I've ever seen live. I this is hyperbole, but as I was, well, first of all, I'll say this: I was trying to be respectful because I was in the Spurs side of the stadium, as I explained before, and why that happened. That was the one moment maybe I wasn't super respectful because I, I, my jaw hit the floor and I just came completely out of my seat. To see her just glide past defenders, there are so few players, I think, that have such good first touch, ability to, to be in control. To, and then, the, you know, they, it really didn't look like she was moving very quickly. And again, as I've seen some replays, it kind of looks similar, but her ability to just sort of, smoothly approach defenders and the you know first of all you've got to back off of her because everybody knows how good her touch is how quickly she can round you but the minute that I think it was Neville right that tries to go for that that first ball out on the wing as soon as you try to bite her ankle she's just around you and still going and going and you know I, I still I couldn't believe she made it to the middle of the box without more sort of uh, uh, without seeing another defender to 
and to cut it back ac- across, I mean, I, I let out almost a, a shriek. I just, I couldn't almost believe what I'd seen. It was one of the most fine pieces of individual goal scoring play. You know, this to me goes to all the things that people have said about Warren James for a long time. I mean, we're seeing this player who's come from undoubtedly from the individual talent, one of the most talented players. And I think she's starting to finally kind of put that together in larger stretches where it's not just this sublime talent, but she's bringing consistency and you're starting to see the way that she can really, really impact games because of not just what she could do in a special moment like that, but because she's capable of something like that, the way other teams sort of almost the the defense will melt away from her at times and she can, she can pick her spot. So I, again, I, I can't, think of, of a I'm sure you guys will have one at the ready but I, I just can't think of another goal that was that individually special and then her ability again to be coming across from the right side into the left and then so casually and she didn't even seem to strike the ball particularly and just to whip it across across herself across the goal back to the other side um, that is stunningly difficult to do but would you say you had a goalgasm I would, I would say that's, that's, I would, I would say just for you, Dean, I'll say it. That was probably yeah. fair to say. Absolutely. And I, I, uh, yeah, fortunately that was also nice that it, there's some politeness in the fans, even on both sides of things, because I think had I had that reaction at some other stadiums I've been to, I might've not been uh, very well appreciated. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, Dane, it's what we've spoken about um, for Lauren for, for so long now, you know, Hazard like in a movement on the ball, um, but then this is about choosing the right option at the end of it. And when yeah. we spoke about the Arsenal game recently, she got in these positions a couple of times and maybe chose the wrong choice. But, you know, she seemed to just pass the ball into the net. And she is just getting to that point now where she's making the right choice. And to be honest, Chelsea need her to do that. As we said with Sam, you know, not well, but still having to play. Other players need to step up. Uh, and Lauren she done is. that. She did that, didn't she? Yeah, she. It was outstanding. It, I, I, yeah, like Jay, my jaw dropped when I, I jumped out of my chair. Hazardesque, you know. I think Jay was saying it was there a similar goal. I think I remember Penella scoring one at Man United last season, but it's more power and, and and speed and 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 running more than. Well, it's always skill, isn't it? Let's be honest. If you if you you know, if you're a professional footballer, you score Goville, whatever, they're different uh, elements of skill. But, you know, it was absolutely outstanding individual play by Lauren. You know, she sent three Spurs players to the hot dog stand for an early halftime snack. It was it was hilarious, you know. Her close control speed and skill is exceptional and will only improve, you know, even more. You know, we have on our books a talent that potentially, potentially holds no boundaries. You know, it just can't be measured you know, I've 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 tried to say on this on this show so many times. She still hasn't played a lot of games. You know, overall in her professional career, and and with with more games, she's getting more confident. She's 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 trusting herself. You know, uh, she sort of sucks players in, doesn't she? Even just skips past them. I know we have players like I just mentioned, like Panilla, probably Guru, and, and uh, probably Fran. Probably Sam to an extent as well, who can like skip past the player, but with Lauren, she can literally dribble for about three, four of them. Her her close control is absolutely exceptional, and we we are we are so lucky. You know, if regular listeners of the show will probably say he's repeating himself, which which I do have a, a habit of doing, but you know, we are so lucky to be in a position just to see 
this young footballer grow and and as I said, the level she can reach is it, to me it, it will be world class and 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 the uh, accolades and the awards she can win is just outstanding. You know, uh, yeah. It's, it was amazing. It was amazing. I'm not surprised. And I know, again, we, we talk about criticism, don't we? And I know Emma Hayes got a lot of criticism afterwards because she didn't want to praise her too much, bring her back down to earth. And and you know, I don't know if you're going to mention that later, but yeah, I thought she, yeah, I thought she had a really good game at Tottenham. Were 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 really scared of her. It's almost like you read the script, though. No, get <laughs> into the next. No, I don't read the script perfect. anymore. You then. I'm so used to you sending it so late that just because you sent it 24 hours early yesterday, I didn't even bother. I was in the protest. The next thing so. I was going to say was Emma Hayes' quotes after the game, uh, Jay, which I thought were, were were interesting because although she praised her, she said she's fantastic, but she's got to learn some other things like the last parts of the game. Getting back into position, that's for me to deal with. With her on the ball, she's outstanding, but we need to be patient. She needs to keep developing both sides of the game. Uh, I looked into some stats um, as I do. It's the sixth time she's played a full 90 minutes for Chelsea in her career. Uh, she didn't play any last season. So the most minutes she played was 68, I think. Um, she's she's blossomed in, into a player. I said on Twitter, she's last season she was part of the squad. This year she's part of the team. Um, but Emma's keen to keep her feet on the ground and, and given, I think, what happened to her at Man United... That is the right way to to manage it. So I'm going to be on Emma's side on this one for sure. A hundred percent, and you 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 nailed it. I think Emma's Emma knows exactly who Lauren James is and what she has. She knows the talent. She knows better than all of us just how high that her star can fly. But at the same time, you go back to the 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 fee that we paid for, and then we didn't see her for a long time because basically Emma knew we're not we need to manage this player. Mm-hmm a specific way. And it's been working. I, I don't know how anybody could disagree that it's been exactly the, the style because we're, we're not just getting to see that talent come through more consistently, but you know, I, I just personally, when I think about all the options that Chelsea have in attack, I mean, even if harder is available, it, it wasn't long ago where the name Warren James seemed like, Oh, and on the, on the side, we have this other player with all this talent and potential. And now when I look at things, I, you know, I expect her to be one of the very first names on the team sheet. And, and so there's this incredible rise in a short amount of time, but I think that Emma knows that there's still a long way to go here and keeping her grounded and the expectations for her grounded is still a really important part of this, not just being sort of a, flash in the pan once in a while and being trying to turn her into one of the most consistently special players in world football. Yeah. There's always that concern, wasn't there? When you, know, you look at Panilla and Sam and Fran approaching their thirties, how do you go from this to something else? It, you know, that challenge is obviously huge. And, and with Lauren, you're sort of thinking, well, okay, at least one of the three is going to be absolutely perfectly fine. Um, in, in, the future because the level she's reaching right now she's got her England call up as well I think she's going to be a huge player at the World Cup as well and I think that's going to be another breakthrough for her um, doing it on the international stage um, as well as hopefully in Europe as we come to the Champions League um, Dame we then went 3-1 up um, and you mentioned the piece I wrote um, and in that I wrote that since Jess Carter's been playing left back uh, Guru Wrighton's not, not produced the goal or assist for Chelsea um, and then she scored um, on the same day that it got published, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> I was pleased because I like Chelsea to win. Um, but that was, um, you know, another 
real Emma Hayes Chelsea moment where a long ball up to, to Sam and the flick on. A guru actually not really known for amazing pace, um, held off all the defenders and a, a great finish, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, alluded to earlier in the show, I think she's been a bit off her game recently. Well, not off her game, you know, just a little bit quiet, not as not not reached those heights that she, she has done in the last, you know, 18 months. But this happened, you know, again, another footballer who's played a lot of football. Uh, but I thought she was she's she's back to her recent consistent best, you know. Uh she was impressive, she's got a really good goal. And it was mostly down to her pressure and tenacity, you know. She, I think she closed down Bizet and and took control of a one-on-one situation, which put her through in goal. And, you know, I I had no doubts in my head that she was gonna finish that, you know. She slotted beautifully into the bottom corner, you know. Uh and it was I thought that it summed up the great game she had. Uh really impressive. Yeah, Jay, I suppose that sort of you felt then at 3-1 that the game was done. Um, you know, she took off Samco, who later learned was was poorly anyway. Um, I, I think we created a couple more chances between that and the game, but I also felt that we looked a little bit blunt. But do you think that's more of a case of Chelsea trying to just see out the result rather than sort of they, have, they don't have to attack Tottenham no more because they are 3-1 up? Or there is a concern now that if Sam's not playing... Something is really going to miss from Chelsea, and that is a, a number nine. Well, it, it's part of the things I think about all the time when you follow a team that's this dominant. It's it's hard to be too greedy, and when you're winning all these matches, of course you're going to see some times where you're not at your very best. And I, you know, credit tre- credit to still being able to win, but but it's concerning knowing how little room for error we have in this title race when we saw two different times in this match where there were kind of lapses in that defensive concentration where, you know, uh, yes, we're capable. Uh, and when we can score three goals, you have Sam Kerr, you feel like, yeah, okay. who You know, we, we can afford those now and again, but I feel like there are some more of those lapses and to combine with maybe a little less, um, especially as you said about Kerr, if, if she's not at a hundred percent or if she, God forbid, were to pick up some kind of kind of injury, do you have kind of the consistent firepower you've had too? Um, I don't know. I've honestly spent a lot of time thinking about that since the other day. Is this, was this just sort of a one off in the sense of, you know, not, not being at your very best, but still having just enough talent and, and capability to pull it out. Or are you seeing signs of a team that's just kind of, you know, uh, that we should be concerned about because they're not maybe quite as ruthless as we've seen at times in the recent past. Mm. Uh, what what do you make of that, Dave? What's that? I think that Jay just said, if you were listening, um, and Sam going off and and how Chelsea looked in those final stages uh, of the game. I was gonna. I was. I was trying to find. Uh, I wanted to interrupt Jay just before he actually went into it because I thought Emma Hayes made two really good subs at a good time, bringing on Perisay and Fran just before Guru scored, but. Obviously, we found out afterwards, didn't we? As I said earlier, that, that, that poor old Sam had a horrible cold and she was struggling. I didn't think she was. I thought she looked as, as, as lively as usual without actually getting a chance. But we've got a manager minutes, haven't we? Uh, but it's hard to do when, 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 when obviously we, she's already decided that Lauren's going to be on the right side. Uh, that that is going to be the position she's going to be playing there for the foreseeable future. For some reason, Franz doesn't seem ready to start. We've got nowhere near Panilla. So... You know, it's it's I I know you like to predict a game, a, a team as well for the next fixture, and I'm I have got no idea 
how we're gonna how I can pick a team, how we can manage minutes, we 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 and how we can rest players, you know. Defensively midfield, we're quite stacked, but you know, the wingers and 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 Sam are just playing too much. So yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, just looking as well uh, for the international break. Um and Sam flies back to Australia uh after this game. Um and then they play three matches in the space of a well, not even a week, six days. Uh, the last one on the 22nd of Feb, so that's the Wednesday. And Chelsea play Arsenal on the Sunday in the FA Cup. Also, um, we don't know if Sam's going to be involved or not um, in that match. But um, it's a lot, Jay, isn't it, to for us to have to rely on Sam? And that was you know, the main focus of the piece I wrote, despite the headline, was everything is on her shoulders now. And she has to play. She, she touches heel. She's got to play in the team because what else can Chelsea do, really? Yeah, that was something I thought about with that substitution, particularly, as you guys said, just recently hearing about the reason for that substitution. I mean, is, is this something that she's taking her off in the 70th minute with her eye on another match in a couple of days, knowing that she really does have to rely on Sam match in and match out? Or was it 70 minutes, all she's going to be able to go with the way she's feeling for, you know, a week or so. I mean, I think, you know, we won't, I guess, know that until Thursday, but it, it yeah, it, it is a little concerning uh, that I thought Sam played great while she wasn't feeling well, but we have to just be realistic that there's that asking this much of this player, this many minutes with this much match congestion coming up is kind of playing with fire for sure. Yeah, well, as I said at the end of the piece, you know, there's a lot of games coming up fast, so uh, we're going to find out pretty quickly if we're going to regret that part of the window anyway. Um, obviously, it comes to 3-2 again, Dane. Uh, it's call we like at the moment. Um, obviously, we spoke about the first goal and sort of not pointing fingers, but um, sort of asking what can be done better. Um it looks it looks bad for for Musovic, I must say, because as a goalkeeper watching it, she's assuming that she's going to put that ball across her right hand side, so she's going she's going more that way. And when she mm. kicks it towards the near post, she just can't move with her feet quick enough, and it looks worse, I think, than it is. Um, but it is another rod for people to to beat her with the ones that don't think that she is a great shot stopper and AKB should be in goal. It, it played into that narrative, didn't it? To an extent, yeah. I thought it was it was sloppy from Chelsea defensively before it even got to the shot on, on goal, you know, to allow the ball to be crossed and, and to then not deal with it, you know, it dropped to Nicola. And unlike the Chelsea defence, she didn't panic and sort of like calmly slotted it to, to Musevic's left and, and she did look a little bit flat-footed. But, you know, in that position... When it's almost, almost, uh, uh, it's almost the forward against the goalkeeper because all the other defenders are sort of like turned into statues. So almost like a one-on-one. So I didn't expect it would have been a great save if Musovic has pulled it off. So I, I reckon she at that she was, she was at least to blame. Uh, I didn't think the defense looked good, good, good most of the game. You know, uh, maybe that's you know it's too easy. You know, we, we was talking obviously a little while ago about Emma. You know, uh, bringing bringing Lauren back down to earth, maybe it'd be too easy to have criticised the defence because, you, you know, you need them on board, don't you? You know, when you're going, you know, on all fronts for uh, coming up to the business end of the season, trying to win the league and all the cups, you know, if if, if your players are 
struggling a little bit. Yeah, I don't think you're going to single them out and, and highlight it. But with Lauren, who's at the who's scored a wonder goal, I think you can get away with it and then say afterwards, you know, you know, you know what that was all about. I just don't think it was a good goal overall. So I wouldn't say I, I Musovic had had you know it was just an equal part played in it, which was a sloppy goal overall. I don't think. Yeah, I thought. It was, I don't think you're being a bit harsh on her personally. Well, I'm giving her excuse because she's expecting the ball to go the way a normal striker would kick it like that, like with power across the mm. goal, and she's leaning to get ready to make that save, and then to her right, yeah, to her right, and it goes to her left, and and I always say as a goal as part as a goalkeeper that the defender needs to stop the shot first, not me. Yeah, um, if it goes in, it's your fault because you shouldn't have let them shoot. Um, but that's because a part of the union, so I will always back my goalkeeper. Uh, Jay, as as Dane said, and I'm sure he's read the script this week, it was sloppy. Um, because that's exactly what Emma Hay said after the game. Uh, she said, I thought it was sloppy from us defensively for both goals. We could have prevented as a result of a switching off, we can control those things, and we have as a team have to be mindful of that. Having said that, how does she and Chelsea fix this sort of new issue that's creeping in? Of Chelsea seemingly to turning off at the end of the game, um, and allowing you know not amazing opposition to make it a tight game. Well, it's hard for me and to answer it in isolation because I think it all ties back to what we started talking about at this podcast to some degree was was the selection issues, and I they aren't getting any clearer for me. I think that's true as a keeper. It's also true in our back line, and I think you know yeah she gets a little bit wrong footed on that play, but for me. Uh, there's just a general concern watching both goals that we gave away. I mean, these are high quality scoring chances that in matches so often matches are particularly when we've gotten out ahead, we've been able to put the vice on people and just create such dominance where those chances just don't come. And I think they're coming just a little bit too often. And I think, again, you're seeing a little bit of just not, you know, with with the moving parts, I think amongst this team, you're starting to see um, a little less consistency in just being the the complete. The solidity is just a little less consistent than we've seen, and you know, I think it's easy to draw that up to just a one-off thing. But um, man, we I, I just felt like we were lucky in some ways that those chances came in a match where we could go out and get three goals because most teams are going to score those chances against us. And there's going to be some of them that we're not going to score three goals against. So I think I was not surprised at all to see those comments from Hayes, because it's exactly kind of what I expected her to say after that, when I just think she's really, really unhappy, whether they make the chance, score the chance or not to be giving away those kinds of opportunities against not to be completely uh, rude to Spurs, but that's just not the kind of team I think she thinks should be getting those opportunities in the box against us. No, just looking it up because you mentioned high quality um, opportunities, the XG from the game, Chelsea was 1.31, Tottenham 1.29. So, you know, we've got away with one really to to win the game 3-2 based on that. Um, whereas you look at sort of the Liverpool game, it was two point five to one point two two. The three one in the the League Cup against Tottenham, we were two point six seven to zero point eight. So really, it's a stat, and the, I mean the average um, is two point three two to one. Um, so as you say, you're know, giving up really good opportunities for Tottenham to get in the game. Uh, but, I think. But, the case of, so go on then. I think. 
sometimes we have to try and be balanced here and and give some credit to Tottenham as a team, uh, the manager and and the coaching staff because that three one cup victory for Chelsea was was wasn't a free one. You know, it was such a comfortable game that Chelsea sort of didn't get out of first gear and didn't have to do because Tottenham was no threat whatsoever. Uh, less than a week later, Tottenham obviously have, have done their homework, improved massively, and I thought they actually played really well. So sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, you know, Chelsea come out on top. As as we've stated, you know, it's the spine of the team who who are playing a hell of a lot. You know, Buchanan, Bright, Ingle, Cuthbert, and and and, and Kerr, uh, and and we 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 managed to get through unscathed. Yeah, we can be critical, but. I suppose at the end of the day, you look at you look at where we are, and 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 that's another uh, that's another victory, which made us go top. It fell for us nicely because everyone else seemed to to, to muck up at the weekend. So, you know, we're not superhuman uh, players, are tired, but we still have that extra bit of of quality to get through. And and I thought I thought Tottenham looked half lead, half decent. Uh, you know, I know they've been struggling of late. They've brought in a couple of good signings, and you know, you would expect them to uh, bounce on and jump on even more next year. Like I, I did think this year, because I thought they were they, they were they were really good last year. They they reached a level, and they just didn't then carry it on. But with the signing of Drew Spence, you know, another season under a belt and a top shirt, and, and now Bethany, I think you know another couple of signs in the summer. I think they'll be decent. But you know, sometimes you just brush yourself down. You know, you got your three points, and 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 just move on. I will just say that you praised Spurs and we lost the listener. Yeah, um, whether they're too, you know, that is a cause and correlation. I don't <laughs> know, That's because you were late. He, he's got bed. He's got obviously got to go to work early in the morning. Well, the last thing he's heard is Tottenham were good. Um, anyway, um, so I did do a player of the match vote because uh, I remembered. Uh, I put Mini Bright in it. She got one percent of the vote. Uh, Jess Carter, she got five percent of the vote. Guru Ratson got eleven percent of the vote, and then the winner. Um, any guesses? Or James, I'm going to just throw her name out there. Just, you know, just because. See if Dame was listening. What was her percentage? Oh, uh, nine, 89. One, one, five and 11. 86. 83. 83. Yeah. I'm good at maths, isn't <laughs> Usually. So, um, Runaway, which I think was uh, pretty obvious given her performance. Uh, as they mentioned, the results elsewhere. So on Saturday, Manchester City beat Leicester 2-0. Aston Villa and Brighton drew 1-0. And then on Sunday, uh, Man United drew 0-0 with Everton. Liverpool beat Reading 2-0. West Ham drew 0-0 with Arsenal. And then obviously Chelsea beat Tottenham 3-2, as we've just spent the last hour talking about. Um, Carlsberg don't do weekends, but if they did, this would be one of them, wouldn't it? It would be, and it, I I quite liked. I saw something, you know. Every now and again, you you see something on Twitter that is is very worthwhile, and you think, I now I know why I haven't deactivated. And it was uh, someone interviewing the uh, the Arsenal manager, and uh, and to be fair, Emma was trying to be, you know, trying to be balanced, and she said, you know, she expects all all the teams in in the league to drop points, all the top teams, you know, it doesn't mean too much you know it doesn't mean and and his answer was 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 very very surprising he didn't he didn't want to even acknowledge that uh, I think once he heard Chelsea and Emma Hayes I think he just turned off something just switched off in his brain and he, his answer just showed his complete <laughs> hatred maybe for Chelsea and, and and dislike for Emma because yeah his his, his answer was uh was was very funny 
Yeah, I'm just trying to find a message in uh, our Discord actually, um, because I need to complain of complain to Discord because obviously the Arsenal game was going on, and it was late in the game, and someone put on there, maybe West Ham can hang on, like the 86th minute, and I thought it was just tempting <laughs> fate too much, um, which was bad because it gave me a heart attack. Fall. Someone had scored. Yeah, but you did it as well. You you tweeted, I've sat down now. Sorry, you know, was that for the Arsenal game? Yeah, that was reverse that... psychology. And that was before half time. Okay. Given it was so late in the game, you know, you don't want to jinx anything. And luckily, um, Mackenzie Arnold had a great game, uh, as we'll talk about in the next part. Um, before I do that, I'll run through the table if I can get the page back up quick enough, um, which I probably can't. There we go. Uh, so Chelsea are top on 31 points. Uh, Man United second in 29 points. Uh, Arsenal third on 26 points, as are Man City in fourth. Uh, Everton fifth on 19 points. Aston Villa sixth, 17 points. Mm. West Ham seventh, 16 points. Liverpool eighth on 11 points. Tottenham in ninth on nine points. Uh, Brighton in tenth on eight points. Reading in 11th on seven points. And Leicester City are on three points. Um, The league is still everywhere in terms of games played. Uh, So you've got Reading... And West Ham have played 13. Uh, Arsenal, Liverpool and Tottenham have played 11. Uh, Brighton have played 10. And everyone else has played 12. Uh, So Arsenal can go level with uh, Man United if they beat Man City on Saturday. I think it is. Saturday or Sunday. Uh, And then all the top teams, uh, apart from Man City, they'll be on 13, will be on 12. Uh, So shaping up nicely um, as we go into the international break. And as, as Dane said... We where we want to be, which is top, uh, which is good. Uh, we're going to go for a short break now, and then we're going to look ahead to Chelsea semi-final Conti Cup clash with West Ham. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that uh, the new Chelsea FC wins fanzine, the Kings Meadow Chronicle, which is edited by me, is available online via kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Um, it features a host of great writers such as Sophie Spittle, Rebecca Grasby, Clayton Beerman, Harry Edwards. Uh, many others and Dane as well should have included Dane first really but there you go Uh, issue 4 is due for release on the FA Cup 5th round fixture versus Arsenal which is the 26th of Feb Uh, right now you can get copy of issue 1, 2 and 3 on a special 3 for 2 offer so all 3 physical copies available for you for just £3 plus postage and a PDF just £1.50 so that's kingsmanachronicle.bigcartel.com to make sure you get your copies and we will be right back For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the final part then as we race against my battery on the laptop because I haven't got the charger. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the Conti Cup semi-final against West Ham, which takes place this Thursday. Um, Jay, we're all massive West Ham fans right now because of that great performance we just spoke about uh, against Arsenal. Uh, Mackenzie Arnold, um, you know, nothing was getting past her. Um, so we're going to hope that Lightning doesn't strike mm-hmm. twice uh, on Thursday. No, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, that you're exactly right. It's kind of a strange situation to be celebrating West Ham and how great they were and specifically how hard they were to break down. I mean, I can't remember 
when it, when I saw the last time the WSL uh, was that the first point they ever got off Arsenal or I mean it was it was really unbelievable and then you turn around and think about it and especially in the context of our conversation and is Sam Kerr going to be ready ready to go and now who's going to play in the number 10 and we have to break down that that same same West Ham defense um, yeah I I don't know I just have a feeling especially maybe it's just because it's because it's a cup semifinal I I just think we're going to get a little bit of well, I don't think we're going to get a scoreless draw again. I mean, obviously we won't at the end of things, but I, I think there could be a little bit of chaos in this being a cup match and a, and a night match as well. Yeah, I don't know if you if you saw any of the game, Dane. You know, West Ham were, were pretty much sort of defending quite deep and just stopping Arsenal in those areas. Arsenal was well injury problems themselves. You know, Beth Mead and, and Meadham are out. Oh um, no, their first choice um, eleven either. Um, Having said that, you know, we do like that long ball forward. And if West Ham are sitting deep, it's not going to be that effective. So do you think that points to someone like Kankovic, you know, starting? And if she needs to drop a little bit deeper to pick up the ball, then maybe she can work her magic on it uh, rather than sort of having the Jesse Fleming and the Aaron press. Yeah. Against Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That is a that, that would be a good idea. Uh, that sort of G sort of player. I don't expect lightning start to strike twice. You know, you've been a big advocate of mentioning every time when Brighton have done the job on us, then would lose the next game four or five nil to 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 some to another team, and uh, and I expect obviously Emma to to, to 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 obviously watch the hour and a half's play from 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 that great result against Arsenal and 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 just tactically work it out and by having Jankovic in there and 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 really uh. And really trying, you know, like getting a radar on and and trying to pull some triggers. I think that would be a that would be a great idea. Perise as well. I'd like to see Perise bombing down the right. You know, said earlier, there's it seems to in some whenever thinks the game's going to be a little bit tougher, she'll go with Neve Charles, who, who I thought was was really good actually against Spurs. Uh, uh, yeah, she, she's a funny one, Neve, because I, I still don't know why what I want her position to be, but I, I clear that Emma wants her to be a fullback, and she's obviously only going to get better with with more games and time, isn't it? But I'd like, I really like Eve Perise, and and be interesting if you can sort of play 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 her on the left as well as 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 you mentioned in previous show that she's played for France or or was her French club last year on the left. But obviously, I don't think Jess needs a Jess needs a rest at the moment, so she'll probably start because she's she you know she hasn't played a lot of minutes this season either, uh, unless we can maybe bring her into the middle and and rest one of the centre backs who could do with a rest. But yeah, if if teams going to sit deep and you need a lot of uh, you need a lot of those pockets to be filled, don't you? With 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 the players that that can open them up. Yeah, absolutely, and I also think you need Jay's full backs that can overlap. Uh, and create sort of problems in the defence. And uh, as Dane mentioned, you know, Perisay can play on the left. And it's not Carter's game, it's not Magda's game at left-back to make those sort of runs. And maybe it is worth putting Perisay on the left for this game because we see against Liverpool, Neve got two assists by overlapping and getting crosses into the box. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting idea. Um, I, I Again, you've mentioned it, Dean, and the way that West Ham played so packed in against Arsenal. I mean, you know, I, I would hope that we'll be able to put a put a tally on the board early and then that'll have to, you know, kind of force their hand a little bit to not just sit back and do what they what they want to do there. But 
I wouldn't be surprised, especially expecting that same kind of approach against us to go with pretty attacking fullback options. I mean, again, as much as I'd love to see Magda, I, I don't think maybe this is the match you, you know, you throw her in at the fullback. So um, I want, I definitely want to see Paris say one way or the other. I'd really like to see her start this match. Um, big fan of hers. And I know she hasn't, I, I expected her to, in fact, I predicted her to be our, our, our signing of the summer over everyone else this year. And I know she hasn't quite had that impact yet, but, but this is a place I'd really like to see her. Yeah. Um, Dane, I'll ask you uh, Buffer's question on, on Mixler. Should we rest Sam against West Ham, considering risk of injury against Sissoko? It's risky, but she can't play all these games coming up. Well, but her rest would be would be Emma putting her on the bench, wouldn't it? Uh, we've seen lots of cup games in the, in the past, and then and then on the on the hour mark, you know, we've sort of to an extent big guns come on. I know Jay said maybe we wouldn't see Ericsson at left back, but maybe we might see her at centre back uh, and and potentially rest in Buchanan or. Or Millie, uh, I suppose there's no chance Abdelina will start at left back. Uh, but yeah, to answer the question from Buffy, yeah, I think I think Sam will start on the bench and maybe we'll give an hour to Fran. I can't see us moving Lauren inside centrally because uh, it seems like, although I would like to see her central and and I would love to see her playing a number ten role. Uh, to an extent, if we if we if we if Sam was sort of firing and fit and, and uh, playing up front, I can't see her being moved over from the right at the moment because you know you're you're meddling with someone's form who's who's at the top of a game at the moment. So I think her will be on the bench, uh, and I think we'll we might see her for about twenty five minutes. Cause, you know, you, we will know you make five substitutions nowadays. And it'd be a good good hour for 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 Fran to get because you know she she's been on the bench quite a lot recently and. For whatever reason, you know, we need her. We need her fit and firing as well. And, you know, hopefully she can get a goal as well. We, we saw a goal against Tottenham, you know, uh, in the cup. Uh, pretty uh, typical uh, Fran goal, you know, one of the few players who can do that. You know, when the ball just comes to her and she just swerves it into, it, into the top corner in one movement. So, yeah, I expect her to see her, see her for a good hour, hopefully. Yeah, Um there you go, Buffer. There's Dane's answer. Um, the other end of the pitch, Jay. Um, obviously we've seen Musovic pretty much exclusively since the start of the year. A cup game is an opportunity sometimes to swap your goalkeeper. Do you think Emma does that? Yeah, I think she. If I had to guess, I mean, I <laughs> I remember Dane saying this like, "Good luck predicting this this with Emma," but I I think. That would be my choice if I had to put money on it. Um, but that being said, I think that, again, especially if you're going to expect to not see a lot of shots, I mean, maybe, yeah, you have that shot stopper back there to be called on if she has to come up with a with a big one in a big moment. Yeah. Dane, what about you? No, I, I I think it would be quite harsh now you've got her to uh, sign the contract to then put her on the bench it, it, and then now see her run for Anne Catherine. Uh I wouldn't be surprised, but I think I think I wouldn't bring in if if there was plans to bring in AKB, I wouldn't bring him in straight after uh, Zakira's signed a new contract. So I expect Muzovic to uh, to to be in goal. Well, this is what I think Emma will do, rather than what I want to see. Um, so I think AKB will be in goal because it is a cup game. Uh, Charles will stay at right back. She'll have Brighton Eriksson as the centre backs. Uh, she'll keep Jess Carter at left back. She'll have Ingle, Cuthbert, 
in the midfield, and then James Kankovic and Wrighton behind Kerr. Where's Katarina at the moment? Sikova, is she injured? She she was injured. She was struggling with a knee. Um, so she, she and do you think do you think there's any way uh, Ridding Canarad gets to start in this match? No, I guess probably not because they're not going to bring James <laughs> into the ten. But that was one of the things I'd like. Like that's where I don't. I understand why you're not moving James out of that ten, but she's so capable in other roles, and we have some other options. I mean, I just. I don't know. I just, I, 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 it's hard for me to, I'm trying to imagine we're going to see some more rotation, but at the same time, when you start selecting the lineup itself, you kind of put it down and are like, yeah, I don't have a lot of rotation. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested to see the things that I, that we don't expect. I mean, what we saw early in the season was that four, three, three, which was had the two eights, which were really attacking. Uh, we see it against Spurs when she played harder on James centrally. Um, and then she went to do it against Liverpool and Harder obviously got injured so she couldn't do it you know I think that could be an option against a team like West Ham where you are going to be packed in the middle you know put your attacking players there so you could play James and, and Kirby uh, in front of Aaron Cuthbert or even Sophie Ingle then have Cameron out wide and, and right on the other side and still Kerr up front Um I think just given seeing that we've seen this 4-1-4-1 recently, it probably suits. And then where Lauren scored the goal and played so well, I don't see a rest in many players. And given it's a semi-final as well, Dane, perhaps that will play into her mind. You know, losing to West Ham at this stage is somewhat more embarrassing than, say, losing in the round previous. But didn't we lose? Uh, I know we lost in the final, didn't we, last year? Uh, I, you've got you need to balance it up, don't you? And and I think that's a good point that Jay made about uh writing Canarid. And you know, you can, as we saw, I don't know if it was last season or season before when we went to Birmingham and won one nil. And it was quite, a, quite a, was it one nil we won? Yeah, and I think uh, I think we started with Bethany England up front, and I think I'm sure Fran Panilla and and Sam was all on the bench and on the hour mark, she brought them all on. Uh, now we don't obviously have these luxuries for for Thursday night, but you know you can, as I said, you can put Fran through the middle. You can decide to play. Okay, I'm going to either go, go with Guru or uh, or Lauren, and then bring the other one on to uh, you know to rest up the other one, whether it's after 45 minutes or or, or an hour, and put Canrid uh, on the other side, and then Kankovic, you know, as the number ten. You can you can work it out because. <laughs> If we're expecting West Ham to 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 sit so deep, you know, you haven't you, you haven't got a lot to lose. And with the luxury of having five subs, you know, if it's not working, then you can easily change it. Yeah, change fifty percent of your outfield. <laughs> uh, well, you, yeah, as I said, you know, we, we, I think we made a good case for 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 Sam being on the bench and either a Guru or or, or Lauren, uh, and then you've still got Fran coming in, you know, having to start. Who you know it, on her day is still a world class striker. Uh, I think I think we could see that sort of setup. Yeah, well, this is why Emma gets you know a lot of money in her bank every month, and we don't get anything because uh, we don't have to do the decision. Well, she might take out advice. You know, we know she she regularly uh, listens in on our show. And yeah, she's even us- at the moment. Personal um, feedback we can't obviously let everyone know about, but yeah, you know, great responsibility uh, being on the show. Um, let's just do score predictions then, and then we can go to bed. Uh, 
Jay, I'll let you go first because you are a special guest. I know it winds Dane up, so please say Dane's prediction. Well, I'm going to say 3-0 for Chelsea. I know that's a big, big choice, especially after I sat here kind of saying I wasn't, you know, I had some real concerns about the match uh, and uh, from Chelsea against Spurs and also how good they look. But I think going back to Dane's point, I think this is something that Emma's going to be really well prepared for. And I don't expect to see Chelsea necessarily have the same struggles um, breaking down West Ham that, that Arsenal did, maybe even just because it's the match following. And, and I think you're, you know, I, could we ship one? Sure. But I think there's going to be, my hope at least, there'll be a little extra um, focus on avoiding some of those defensive, you know, lapses maybe that we've seen. And uh, I'll, I'll say 3 0. Yeah. Dane? Yeah, 3 0 as well. You can't say 3 0 as well. Oh, on, but that was, I was going to 4 0 then. Although nothing actually happens to these predictions, there yeah, are no. making them. <laughs> Why can't we just agree? 3 0, because you could do one. What was you thinking? 3 0 as well. What I'm going to say is West Ham are going to try and surprise us because we have been a bit shaky defensively. They won't sit as deep as they did against West Ham and they will go for us. Uh, they'll score two goals, but we will score four. Houses. That'll be 4 2 to Chelsea. And who's going to score those two goals for West Ham? Uh, two own goals, Magda. Oh, okay. <laughs> she wants to leave, so she's going to score two own goals. Then she won't get picked again. That's a joke, by the way. Please don't crop that and put it on Twitter. Uh, right then. Sadly, uh, that is all we've got time for. Although I think you've had your money's worth tonight. Um, very grateful to Dane and Jay giving up their evening to join me. Uh, Jay, good to see you. Thanks uh, again for being on the show. Um, sorry we haven't been able to connect this trip, but when you move over, uh, obviously we'll hopefully see you at Kings Meadow. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a real pleasure to join you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and, and Dane, um, now your son and Jay are both beating you on appearances. Uh, we're going to get that sorted soon, yeah? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, nice seeing Jay actually come on to the show. I'll tell you what, if I was on holiday in America, I ain't doing no bloody podcast. So, well well done to him, uh, showing showing that loyalty. No doubt the, uh, his missus will be uh, giving him the evil eye to say, get off there and let's go out and do something. Yeah, we'd like to have a real American on the show um, for once. Uh, Jay, where can people follow you on, on Twitter, by the way, if they're at the game and want to connect with Jay uh, on Thursday? Yeah, well, the bad the bad thing about having a last name like Wilmington is, you know, no, you'll, no, you'll never be found. But the good news is your Twitter handle is available. So you can find me <laughs> at Jay Wilmington on Twitter. And uh, like I said, in the, in the meantime of finding where I'll be covering this team or maybe another Next, uh, you can find all sorts of thoughts on me for me there on Twitter. Yeah, and you can we'll obviously put it in the, the tweet for the show, so uh, you'll find it there. Um, you can follow us at Mokey's Meadow. Uh, I'm at D Mears, Dana's at D Wit Nine. Uh, also on Instagram at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, as I said, we'll be back next Tuesday to look back at this Conti Cup semi final game with West Ham in what will be our 100th episode. Um, because I haven't been able to cut all yet. The pressure uh, so, to what you're going to pr- come up with for that hundred script. Same as this. <laughs> reads it. What's the point? Oh, Apparently. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time from Kings Meadow to Wembley. Keep the blue flag flying high.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.